Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey y'all. Hey, it's Friday. Welcome to Let's Catch Y'all. Hey, see. Hey, Lisa girl, how you doing on this? In my neck of the woods, this cold Friday evening. No, I don't know nothing about that. I, I don't know nothing about that. No, ma'am. I don't know nothing about that. Um, I just turned my heat on. I mean, my air. <laughs> I got the house hot. <laughs> yeah. See, me in the cold, me in the snow. You know, we don't have a good ministry. We don't, you know, we like oil and water. We don't, we don't blend well. And so, yeah. <laughs> You know, but I gotta say, Lisa, I love my seasons here in the in the in the northeast part. But uh, you know, it's just a transition. You know, go from that heat to the cold. Then we gotta get get adjusted. Your body gotta get adjusted. You gotta start dressing right. So I really yeah. know I'm just putting on some air tonight when I need some heat. <laughs> Listen, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get you an electric throw blanket for Christmas tea. That way you don't have oh. to be asking for some heat. You just plug in your little blanket and wrap up on it. <laughs> Girl, I might don't let me wrap up on the show. I might just doze off from the heat. So welcome once again to Let's Chat as Lisa and I discuss the differences in our temperatures this evening. You know, she always lets you know that uh uh-uh, uh she don't do the, the the cold and she no, lets ma'am. you know when she's enjoying the heat. But nonetheless, it is what it is. Once again, welcome to Let's Chat. My name is Tony. And I am joined by the one and only Lady in Cold. Lady in Heat. You can take it out of the way. 
Oh my goodness. Hey y'all. Hey, welcome to Let's Chat. We appreciate y'all coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. We got a fabulous and unique show on today. I'm excited. So we have romance authors today. Uh, And so that's why our topic is romance never dies. We have three fabulous romance authors. One author I met like two years ago, um, Michelle Mm -hmm. Prince. I met her two years ago at um, an event in West Virginia I went to. Mm -hmm. And I can't even think of the author's name. And She came to my event. I can't even think of her name. My mind, y'all. I got like 75 million things going at one time. (laughs) Is it was it Terry Branch? Oh no, it wasn't Terry. Not Terry. Okay, it not was. Terry. Okay, that's the only one I know in that area. No, R E. But she came to to your event, and she's on tonight. No, she's not on tonight. I'm gonna think of her mm-hmm. name. It's gonna come to me in a minute. But she came okay. to. I went to her event. Uh, and that's how I came up with the idea for my event. I actually asked her. I was like, can I copy your event? She was like, you sure can. Because I copied it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And so um, I met Michelle Prince there, y'all. She is so sweet. Now, Sidonia Rose, I actually met her this past weekend. I went to an mm-hmm. event here in um, Georgia. I think it, it's called Fourth Foresight. I think mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce it. And um, I met her at that event. Uh, and y'all, she is fabulous. Like she always says, she's nervous, but she is not. She is not. She mm-hmm. is a fantasy and romance author. Her covers are the bomb. She had this, uh, her banner. I was, I thought the banner was a cover. It was like water. Mm-hmm. It was like, ooh, I was like, ooh, that, I like that. Is that a cover? And the guy was like, no. And um, her covers are everything, though. And okay. I said, we started talking, and I was like, oh, I got to get you on the show. She was like, yeah. I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She is so delightful mm-hmm. and sweet. Mm-hmm. And then we have Sienna Minks, which she is a romance in a fantasy author and she is a Facebook mm-hmm. friend and so she, I asked her to come on in the chat room and she was like yes and then we <laughs> also have event planner and CEO AK Day he's going to come on later in the day and tell us what he has uh, later in the show and tell us what he has going on up in Ohio he has some events that he's kicking off so I'm excited for him to come in and talk about that Mm-hmm. We have a full house tonight, Lee. Yes, child. Full house, full house. So listen, T. So you know I'm on this healthy thing, trying to be healthy. My son is in protest. So I was tried Beyond Meat. So I, you know, I tried the Beyond Meat. So first I put mm-hmm. it in a taco. And it wasn't that bad in taco. So um, I'm trying it in spaghetti. So I'm going to see what it is like. But uh, my okay, son was Lee. like, listen, we met to eat okay, and listen, we eat real meat. He said, we eat real meat. <laughs> we are made to eat meat. I said, we're omnivores. We can eat meat and vegetables. We can eat, we don't matter. We can eat both. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we have to. We just have the ability to digest both. He said, no, no, 
we eat meat. <laughs> she said, Ma, you eat uh, meat. <laughs> See, right about now, I'm feeling for Paul Jonathan. Um, beyond meat, that just doesn't even move the needle in my stomach, girl. Please tell me what beyond meat consists of. <laughs> Listen, it's a plant based protein. Okay. So it's no soy in it, it's no GMOs in it, it's no gluten in it. Uh-huh. But it's okay, plant-based. So, okay, so I'm just putting it out there in the atmosphere. And Jonathan, I'm with you, RPT is with you. But next time I come to, to um, Atlanta, Georgia, and I roll up to Miss Lisa's house, we're going to be beyond meat because we're going to be eating real meat. <laughs> You told me listen. I'm still with him. Listen, you and your shit to be over with. Next time I come to your house, don't be giving me no beyond meat. It better be some real meat on there. <laughs> or me and Jonathan going to shopping for ourselves. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! So I mean, it's not bad. It's it's a hundred percent plant based. Which is, I guess, a good thing. It's made with like peas, rice, mung beans, sunflower seeds, coconut oil. (laughs) Listen, you gotta be open to try at least different stuff. I mean, I mean, why not? Just try it. But you know, Lee, that all sounds good, and I incorporate it. But that's as a side to my meat. The meat, the main dish, you got your vegetables, you got, I'll cook it some, some coconut oil, I'll get some rice and everything, but those are side dishes. <laughs> oh my goodness, see, I was just trying a, a plant-based meat substitute, I'm just trying it. I want to see, okay. it was created by Ethan Brown, uh, uh, Ethan, you know, uh, I'm trying to mm-hmm. work with you and see what you got going on, Ethan. Uh <laughs> So we're we going to see what this does, Ethan. But don't make okay. me write you no letters because your product is not cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. so you let me know how that goes for you, Lee. <laughs> I mean, I'm t- I made the spaghetti today, so we're going to see how the spaghetti is. We're going to see because I normally okay. put sausage in my spaghetti and I normally make turkey. I don't eat red meat as much as I used to, so... Mm-hmm. We're just going to see how it go. We're going to see. The taco wasn't bad. We mm-hmm. we did the taco, and, and, and that was good. So we're going to see what it's doing spaghetti. Okay. You just keep me posted. And while I'm over <laughs> here, what am I having tonight? I think I'm going to have some prime rib tonight, and I'll be thinking of you. <laughs> As I oh, my goodness. Y'all see how she do me. Y'all see how she do me. <laughs> Listen, it's nothing wrong with trying something new. You can try something at least once. You know, if you don't like it, now have to try it again. You're absolutely right, and I'm trying to do osmosis through you. <laughs> oh Lord, T. <laughs> oh yeah, but y'all know me and T get on here, and we get to yipping and yapping, and we forget to open up the show. So we're gonna get the show opened up so we can get it popping up in here. <laughs> Yes, once again, welcome to Let's Cat. 
I am Miss Tony, the meat and meat and partner over here, and I got the one known as Beyond Meat, Miss Felicia, my co-host. She's doing what she's doing down there with that Beyond Meat. But we love what we do here on Let's Chat, you know, which is, you know, we celebrate dopeness because Felicia and I, we used to celebrate literature because she and I read it first and foremost. We used to just, just we love talking about books. But our show has evolved into so much more than just books. You know, so we just celebrate the dopeness of all the arts here on Let's Chat. And no matter what it may be, just check out our archives and definitely check out last night's show because it was a blinging, blinging success. We heard the passion behind our guest last night, which is what we do here on Let's Chat. We just love hearing the passion behind everyone because you never know where you are in life. And that passion may touch you and spark something in you. But, you know, we do it in the in a fun intimate and friendly environment. Last night, guests shared their passion for paparazzi, so make sure you check out those archives. They share their journey. Each journey is different in and of itself, and it sounds like least those ladies have so much fun in what they do, uh, and that kind of contributes to their success. So make sure you check out that show, and tonight's show is going to be this as well, because romance never dies. You know, Lisa, I started Absolutely. out as a reader. Reading romance stories, my auntie used to get the um, Holocaust romance, and I used to always look forward to those deliveries. Those were home delivery books. There's nothing <laughs> like a second books in the mail. <laughs> but um, I'm going to be interested to hear how our guest keeps romance alive, you know, because it never, really never dies. So I'm excited to hear them tonight. So make sure you guys get ready and enjoy our show that we are bringing to you this Friday evening. Absolutely. And just a reminder, on February 8th, 2020, I will be bringing my visions and books, Eat and Greet. At first I said Create and Greet. I decided to change it back to Eat and Greet. Um, I did my original Eat and Greet back in 2017. It was fabulous. We had such a great time. So we'll be doing again in February on the 8th here in Atlanta, Georgia. It's going to be at the Renaissance Hotel at the Atlanta Airport from 4 to 9 p.m. We're going to be posting information. Um, if you would like to be a vendor, send your request to Divas with a Z, Books with an S, and Friends with an S at gmail.com. That's a great location, Lise. You know, um, we've gone to a few events there, and it's really convenient, which is First and foremost, right there at the airport. Airport. Mm-hmm. You get the shuttle. You get the shuttle back and forth. You don't have to worry about renting cars and, and traffic and stuff. So that's really an ideal location. So I'm happy that you're um, having it back there. Yeah, the Renaissance is actually a newer hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just built maybe a year or two ago, maybe last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm always excited when I, I'm doing something and it, it gets bigger and bigger. So I try have to try and contain um, my my thoughts because, you know, it's, it's get, it can get too big. So uh, mm-hmm. right now there's mm-hmm. going to be a, there's going to be a book event, uh, which is going to be from four to seven. And then from seven to nine, it's going to be a vision board party. So we're going to have a good time in literature. We're going to eat, mix and mingle, have fun. We're going to have a uh, 
authors panel. I have some fabulous authors that are that have agreed to be a part of it, and I appreciate them. I appreciate all of my author friends. Whenever I call on mm-hmm. them for interviews or anything, they're always right there, and so I really appreciate them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's that great networking. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've been chit-chatting, chit-chatting. We're going to take a brief break, and we're going to bring in our first guest. Let's hit you with some Ebony Archer. We love Ebony Archer here. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to hit you with some Gotta Believe. Now we're going to get back up. Okay. Get back up. We are back. I am Liz Felicia. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony Honey Child. Listen, we are talking that talk about romance never dies. We have our first fabulous guest. And when I say fabulous, this lady is fabulous and just just a really sweet soul. We have the fabulous author, Sidonia Rose. Welcome, Sidonia. Hi, how are you? We are good. We are good. Thanks for joining us this evening. 
Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, I've got a little bit of a cold, so I sound a little froggy tonight. Okay, well, we hope you get better soon. So for all of those that have not experienced your fabulous pen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Um, a little bit about myself. So I've been, um, I published my first book about five years ago. My first book was called Love Shot. I live in Maryland. I write full-time, promote Sedonia Rose. I do um, live book events anywhere between six and ten events a year, um, various places around the U.S., mostly on the East Coast. Um, my first book that I published was Love Shot, and I will uh, have my 15th book called Flashover releases on October 15th this Tuesday. Wow. You'll be getting some writing. So tell us about your writing schedule because that has to be, you do 10 book events a year and you're writing. You're on your 15th book. Tell us what your writing schedule is like. My writing schedule is kind of all over the place. If I'm in an event week, I'm usually on the go anywhere from Thursday to Sunday, depending on where the event is. Um, I was just in Georgia last week. We left early Thursday morning, and we drove to Georgia. We got in on Friday for um, meet and greet with some authors and some readers there in Georgia. We were there at the event on Saturday, and by the time we went to bed Sunday night, we were home. Okay, yeah, I was doing some driving. Yeah, we did a lot of driving. So Monday through Friday, I write um, mostly during the day. I usually get about five hours in, and it's not always productive writing because I seem to veer off onto other projects that my husband kind of just rolls his eyes when I tell him, oh, I started a new book today. But I, <laughs> I, I don't plot out my books. I let my characters decide where their stories are going. So uh-huh. mm-hmm. some days are more productive than others. Some days I delete half of what I write. Mm. Okay, I can understand that. Now, listen, Mm -hmm. you got, I purchased a book called Flash Over from Miss Rose. Tell everybody about this book. Tell everybody about this book because you're a romance and fantasy author. Uh, So I want you to tell everybody about Flash Over. Okay, so Flash Over is a new genre for me. I am a romance author. Um, Flash Over is going to be paranormal romance. Um, They are real people with a paranormal twist to them. Um, My main characters are Thorn and Britt. Thorn is a fireman. He is also a member of um, what's called the Garrison Society. The Garrison Society is an ancient society that um, they have been blessed or possibly cursed with the ability to breathe fire, so they are known as dragons. And he meets the fabulous Brit, who is a bagel maker at the local bagel shop. So she works kind of a weird schedule like him. And they they meet and they hit it off. And there's there's fire in the book. Yes, there is fire in the book. <laughs> there is. I love it. Have you had a chance to read it yet? I started it, yes. I get so busy, but I did start it. Yes, ma'am. And the best thing I like is that this, 
I love people. I love when we get books that have meat and potatoes to them. Like, though, I don't want to get a pamphlet, but this is like 240 pages, I think, or like almost 300 pages, y'all. And I'm like, okay, this is a good book. Just size-wise, I love it. Um, And I did start it. But the concept, how were you, how was writing that book when you had to write about a human fire-breathing dragon? So paranormal isn't my first forte. I love romance, and I love the interaction with people. When I was coming up with the concept of dragons, dragons are very popular. People just love dragons. And I sat down and I talked with my editor and my husband who comes out to events with me, Mr. Sedonia Rose, and they approached me about doing dragons and doing fire breathing. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out how to have people that could breathe fire. So I did some research on lung capacity and I did research on, um, breathing exercises, and I determined the amount of pressure that they would need to propel a fire is greater than the lung capacity of a normal human. And Mm. I toyed with the idea of giving them additional lungs, and because I want them to look like the next-door neighbor, and I don't want it to be obvious that they are different, Um, I actually determined that they needed an extra lobe in their lungs, which lifts their shoulders, but doesn't give them a different body style. So the people that I write about, the people that live next door to you, it could be your mailman or somebody at your local fire fire department. Um, I, I wanted to write about real people that have this paranormal flair. Mm-hmm. Wow. So well, yeah, this is different this... than authors, maybe. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting, um, Sedona. This is Tony. You know, you, you, you say that um, romance pretty much sounds like it was your first passion, but what was the draw to bring romance and paranormal together? What what was it about that that you wanted to bring together? Um, it was a it was a new challenge for me. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like I, I, I don't like to write a story that everybody's going to expect to read. I don't want mm-hmm. to do a story that's A plus B equals C and that's the end and they live happily ever after. I, I wanted to give them something. I wanted, um, I, and I don't want the characters to be the same as every other book that's out there. I, I want to be able to stand out a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, anybody could write a story about somebody who's rich that can do anything they want and maybe they have to work and maybe they don't have to work. But I, I wanted to write about real people. And I want people to be able to rate, relate to my characters um, as, as if they were their friend. Mm. I like that. 
It's funny yes. because I used to, I grew, you know, you grow up watching the movies, um, King Kong and, and what was the dragon's name that he always was fighting? I actually just watched this past weekend. You oh, know, so God, those, what was it? Godzilla? Yes, I was watching it this past weekend, you know, and it's like that never loses its spark for me, <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. going to be interesting to, to see how you bring these two genres together because it's not something that you normally read. You know, as readers, you, 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 get, you tend to get in a rut reading the same thing over and over, but when you bring fresh new material, it's like, oh, I like the way the, the, the author brought this together, and it can kind of seem real. It could be a story on TV. It's like your next-door neighbor all of a sudden is no longer your next-door neighbor. He's someone else. Right. Oh, goodness. So what made you want to start writing paranormal and, and kind of change up a little bit? What was going on at the time when you said, let me let me try this? So last year was kind of a rough year for me health-wise. And I had just finished um, my book, Proof, which took me a little longer to write than I had anticipated. Um, And I was looking for my next project. I had something I'd been working on and it wasn't really working. And I started thinking about um, writing a paranormal book. I had been to an event and I have one other paranormal book that has witches and wizards. It's called The Witch's Shoes. And a reader came to me and said, I really enjoyed this book. I'd love it if you wrote more about these characters or maybe something else paranormal. They read more paranormal than romance. And I really took to heart what they said and how they enjoyed this other book. And I sat down and started writing. And this is this is where the story went. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Now, I want to go back because you're 15 books in. I want to go all the way back okay. when you decided to become an author. What was going on in Sedonia's world that made you sit down and decide that you wanted to pin your first book? And then I want you to tell us what was going on in your world when you decided that you wanted to be an author full time. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I... I homeschooled my son, and he graduated from high school, and I, when he went off and to college and started doing his own thing, I started looking to see what I wanted to do. I have always been an avid reader. Writing was, writing a book was always something I wanted to do. I always wanted to write a romance book. I always thought that it would be a historical romance book, which I've never written, Um. And I was seeing indie authors popping up on my Kindle. And I would see them online and I saw their websites. And I was intrigued by how this new industry was starting to live. And I started working as a beta reader, which is a volunteer. It's not something you get paid to do. I worked as a beta reader and I was, interacting with some authors that were publishing themselves and I was watching what they were doing and I asked some questions and 
I wrote about a half a book and I didn't like it. So I stopped writing it. And my husband got a little antsy and he said, I just want you to finish something. Even if you don't publish it, I want you to finish writing something. So I sat down one day and I started writing Love Shots. And he kept encouraging me to keep writing. And every day I would sit down and I would edit what I'd written and cut stuff out and add more. And Love Shots is a much larger book than Flashover is. Uh-huh. Um, it's a new adult book. Love Shots is book one. Proof is book two. Um, I have built a world around the characters in those books where they span several different um, – I have a couple of novellas that are also involved those characters. Um, but I really embrace the indie world, and I love the people that I meet. The other authors that are out there support one another – it's a phenomenal industry. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so what has your self-publishing journey, how has that been for you? Um, it's not always a bed of roses, if I could use the pun. Um, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's been a growing experience. I like the writing aspect, I haven't always been good at the marketing aspect. Um, I've had to push, put myself out there. I've had to grow. Um, I've learned a lot of things. Um, one of the things that I love to do is I love to go to author events, like the one we just did, the Sweet as a Peach event in Georgia. Um, I think that was my seventh event for this year where I've gotten out to meet with other authors. I meet with readers. Um, I, I love to talk about books. Um, I read, I, I, I read maybe five books a week if I can get it in. Wow. Um, I used more, um, but I, I like to read what my friends are writing. I like to read what other authors are, are publishing. Um, I read a lot of romance. I read some paranormal, um, but I, I like to know what other readers are enjoying as well. Okay. Well, five books a week, that's a lot. <laughs> it, it, it is. They're not always long books. I mean, some of them are shorter books, but it, it averages out to that. And some weeks I'm not writing and I just read because that's, that's how I relieve my stress is I read. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And Sidoni, this is Tony, and uh, I just want to give a shout-out because sometimes hubbies, they could be the best advocates for your dreams and you don't, and passions, and you don't even realize it. So I'm glad he had you finish that book because you are 15 books in. And with that being said, are there any, like, quirks that you like to engage in when you're writing or, like, sit at a window and gaze out? You know, I know certain authors, that fuels their passion. Do you have any quirks that helps you get uh, pen to paper? No. Well, I sometimes I listen to music. Um, I will go through phases where I'll listen to music while I write or um, I'll, I'll write some notes when I'm out. Um, usually when we're driving to events, I will talk with my husband. And my husband is known at events as Mr. Sedonia Rose, if you ever get a chance to meet him. He's also on Facebook as Mr. Sedonia Rose. 
he is my biggest advocate. Mm-hmm. And when we go to events, he sits beside me at events. He talks about the book. Before a book is published, he has already been through the book at least twice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> Goodness. Now, here on Let's Chat, I know it's your first time, but we did talk about this. We like to do something a little bit fun. So we got to go easy on you. This is your first time. So T is going to give you a question. Just a fun question. Take Mm -hmm. it to sit back and relax. I don't know what she's going to ask you, though. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) oh, boy. And then, and then <laughs> just sit back and relax, because I know she's she's nervous. Uh, and then, uh, T, go ahead. I'm ready. Okay. See, darling, don't be nervous. You were absolutely great tonight. And I please don't let this be your, <laughs> Please don't let this be your last time joining us, because I'm really interested in the two genres that you have brought together. It sounds like it's like new material, something that just needs to be explored. So we thank you for that. But since we said we're taking it easy on you tonight, and because of the content that you write with, your fun question tonight is, if you can speak to one type of animal, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. One type of animal. Mm-hmm. So I, I will tell you that I have a very bad allergy to a lot of animals. But, you know, I would have to say a polar bear. Oh, we've never had a polar bear before. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to be like everybody else. So polar bears are a unique animal Mm -hmm. because um, they, they blend in so well with their surroundings and they will, they, they know to hide. I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I, I saw a video once of a polar bear, and the polar bear actually puts his paw over his face so that he he blends in all all white with the snow and the ice and really? when they're hunting. And they, they camouflage themselves so well, and they blend in. And I guess to a degree I would think that if I was able to speak to the polar bear, they could tell mm-hmm. me the secret to blending in and fitting in and making things always work in their favor. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. You just gave us a so, little bear history. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Um, somebody actually was telling me one time they were, wanted to go on this tour where they get in this all-terrain bus. Mm-hmm. And they go out on the ice where the polar bears are, and they, I mean, they're in this, it's encapsulated. And they showed me pictures where the polar bears are walking along beside this bus, and I thought, oh, wow, that would just be phenomenal to be that close to an animal in the wild. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it, was, it was quite crazy, but it, it sounds amazing to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Sedonia, we appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. You know, you are welcome back anytime, you and all of your fabulous dragon, because he is he's a fine <laughs> specimen on this cover. 
Yeah, he's he, cute. He is one specimen on that cover. <laughs> yeah, he's cute. So, well, I did start book two of Garrison Society, and hopefully we'll see that at the beginning of 2020. Okay. Well, before you step out of the chat room, we want you to shout out all of your social media, any events you have coming up, and how everybody can reach okay. you. Um, so you can find me online. I have a website. I am SidoniaRose.com. I am on Facebook as Sedonia Rose Author. Um, Twitter and Instagram is also Sedonia Rose Author. Um, I have Flashover releasing on Tuesday, October 15th in the Prophecy of Magic box set. It is 99 cents. That price will not last. Um, after we release, the price will go up to, I believe, $1.99. I'm not quite sure when that will happen, so um, order early. Um, my next event is in Woodbridge, Virginia. It's called Royal Book Bash, and it is October 26th. Awesome, awesome. Well, we so appreciate you. I know you are headed off to a wedding. Thank you for taking time out to just to chat with the ladies of Let's Chat. And, again, you know you are welcome back anytime. You are so fabulous. Thank you. It was so fun to be here with you ladies. Thanks for taking it easy on me tonight, and I hope to come back and join you again soon. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Have a great evening. Okay, Okay, bye. Have a good evening. (laughs) You too. too. Bye. That was funny. I loved her. She didn't sound nervous. She was great, actually. Exactly what I told her. She was like, I was nervous talking to you. You couldn't tell. I was like, well, if that was nervous, you'll be just fine. She's great. She really she is. awesome. And I yes. love the two genres that she's bringing together as well. Listen, this dragon on the front, child, listen. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, he got he got a um, a tattoo on, like, his back shoulder. You can see the, his little abs poking through. Like, he's fine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> If anything, she she picks great male visual characters for her covers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have our next mm-hmm. fabulous guest in the chat room, Sienna okay. Minks. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Hi, Sienna. Welcome to Let's Chat this evening. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invite. We appreciate you taking the time out to come and kick it with us. So <laughs> before we get started, we want you to tell everybody about um, yourself and your literary journey. Oh, that's a long story. Okay, so I'm Sienna Minks. I have, I think, last time I counted, 48 published titles. Um, my first books into indie publish were published under the the author pen name T.A. Ford. I published two books under T.A. Ford before around around 2008, I believe, and then I ventured into Sienna Minks around 2010. And I write um, everything from historical romance to uh, mafia, crime, suspense romance to sweet romance to um, and I've actually done some paranormal romance. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of books. <laughs> okay, wow. so I want to go back. I, I want to go back because I'm about to be nosy. I want to go back when you decide to pick up the pen and become an author. 
What was going oh, on okay. in Sienna's world that that was so compelling that you were like, let me write? Well, my journey, and everybody knows this because I share it with everyone, initially started in fan fiction. So many, many years ago, around 2006, I was part of a fan fan fiction authors club called The Chamber, and I wrote under Tarskiwi. And back then, we would take um, soap operas or crime series, television shows mostly, and Uh we would redo the characters and tell our own story. So for me, I would take someone like, I would take like Young and the Restless, and instead of having Victor Newman with Nikki Newman, I would write Victor Newman with Drusilla. Or um, I would do uh, John and Evangeline from One Life to Live. So I amassed a cult following, um, and I started, I had my own website where I would put all these stories up for free. And every day I would come in and write a different story with these couples that you would see on the soap operas, but they actually were paired up differently. And then people started writing me saying they were going to Kinko's and taking my, downloading my stuff from the internet and making their own books and then giving them out to their friends. So I was like, okay, that's weird. So I was at work and I was talking to a young lady about the fact that I had, um, I actually went to a author's uh, retreat and I met with publishers and I tried to pitch myself around 2007 as a multicultural romance where I would write specifically interracial for black women with different men of all races and everyone rejected me. So I was telling the coworker because I'm an engineer by the day during my day job about my problems and she told me that Amazon had this vanity print press called Book Surge and that I could go to Book Surge and publish a book and they would do it print on demand. So anybody that went to Amazon could buy my book and they would mail it to them. So I published on the TA4 and I got that book out there and only my friends bought it. So after that, um, Amazon contacted me and said that they were going to do Kindle. And they asked me if I understood what an e-reader was, and I said no. So they said they would help me um, publish e-books. We would um, put them out there, and they were going to do an algorithm um, to launch the Kindle. People who bought this would buy that. So they never really understood my genre, but they noticed in Book Surge I had more sales than some other people. So they set me up and showed me how to go onto their Amazon site and do my first indie press. So I did that, but in order to get people to follow me, I took the fan fiction and I rewrote it under Sienna Minx. So instead of having it Victor Newman and Drusilla, I wrote different stories and just changed the titles and all of that. Um, And at that point, people weren't really reading our stuff, but my stuff started showing up in people's Kindle. So it started catching traction, and then from there, I just started writing, 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 and I've been doing it since then. Oh, that's an awesome journey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, long story. (laughs) That's okay. So when you sat down and... You you're now you're writing. You're on your forty um fifth book. Forty ninth. Forty ninth book. Yeah. What have you learned about yourself throughout this journey? Um, I think for me the past three years have learned more than I have on all the years I've been writing and it's just that I think I've learned that unless I'm challenged in a way where I'm doing something new that um, 
I become to I I I fall into this tendency to just write into tropes as opposed to write into my creative spirit. So I've learned for myself that I series writing to the extent that I've invested time in doing may not be the actual path that I want to take in the future. That I want to be able to challenge myself by exploring different kind of 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 romance tales that are not focused on serial stories where it's one character from next book to next book to next book. Mm-hmm. Sure. Now, Sienna, this is Tony. You know, you, you have such a large library of books with different types of genres, but how do you keep your pen fresh and how do you also keep your pen authentic to you? Because you have such a, a, a large library and you don't want stories to kind of override into each other where it sounds like it's the same story. How do you keep everything fresh and authentic? Well, it was interesting because when I first started publishing, because I was indie published, I didn't understand genre writing. So I didn't understand a Stephen King. Stephen King picks up a pen, he writes a book, and then everybody knows that they're going to get this horror tale that's going to have some intrigue Mm -hmm. with it. They would never pick Mm -hmm. up a Stephen King book and read a romance, a sweet romance. And if they did, they would be Mm -hmm. like, what the hell is this? I want a Stephen King book. So your, your author name and the genre you write from builds a trust with your fan base that you're going to lead them down a certain path with a certain writing style. For me, I hopped around all genres. So I went from Georgian time, uh, romance, all the way down to a werewolf book. So I didn't know who my reader was. I didn't know what they liked or what happened. What, where, where I found my niche is that I started writing mafia romance and um, I started building a world. So the way I kept that fresh is I actually went to Italy. I went to southern Italy. I spent time there where I learned about the Camorra. I went down into Sorrento. I went to some of the places that I wrote about. And then my always being able to reflect on all the things I did in those two weeks I spent in Italy always inspired me to, to, make, that hap- to make that expanding. The other thing was mm-hmm. is that If you have a hero and a heroine that everyone likes, you get to a point where you're tired of hearing, seeing the same story for them. You're tired of seeing the same sex scene. You're tired of um, them being in the same situation. So you start building Mm -hmm. on side characters so that you can be fresh and tell a different story with a new romantic lead. And so I started doing all of that. But what happens with readers is they get reader fatigue. So most readers that are mm-hmm. tolerant enough to read a series will be very much enjoyed, well, they'll enjoy it most up until about the fourth book. But when you go beyond that and you're still mm-hmm. in this dynamic cycle, they start to lose interest. And then the readers that do stay with you keep looking for the payoff. When am I going to get the end? When am I going to see the finale to this? Why do I have to wait so long? And at that point, you put all these pressures that on yourself that stop your creativity. So you have to live up to your promise. If you start a series, you got to end it. But you also have to have a plan that's fresh and creative to do that. So for me, to keep myself fresh, I do time jumps. So and I will go to when they were children as a flashback to when they're old and gray as a as a flash forward. I will do that kind of storytelling so it gives me the the inspiration to find different avenues to tell different stories within that series. Mm-hmm. That's so true, Sam. This is still Tony because as as an avid reader myself, when you get so locked into a series and like you said, if it goes past four books. 
you kind of anticipate what the story, the beginning, middle, and end is. And you also tend to kind of skip through pages, which I hate doing. I really hate doing, but you don't want to read over something that you already think is going to happen. Yep. You know, yep. so so that's so important. But um, I just want to say, you know, with this research that you did for the Mafia re- romance, um, going to Italy and all, if you need a couple of co-hosts to go do some research on any other continent that you want right. to write about, they <laughs> should know. We keep our suitcase packed in the closet. Mm-hmm. We'd be ready to go to time you want us at the airport. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely keep y'all in mind, definitely. Well, the latest book I'm writing right now is set with a, an, um, a Saudi Arabian sheik from Dubai, so I am going to Dubai to understand wow. that whole thing mentally, not really. <laughs> mentally. They're going to be like, where are y'all going? Gone? Yeah. yeah. See y'all later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got to do some research. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna, That's we're right. Help her. We're her research team. Where y'all going? <laughs> I don't know. She just said be at the airport, so we gone. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if if you could drop because you you've been in the industry so long and and you're really seasoned at what you do, if you could drop five jewels on a new reader, uh, not a new reader, on a new author, or even a um a author, somebody that is aspiring to be an author, what are those those five jewels? What would they be? First jewel would be read. The one thing that every author that you'll meet will tell you is that the first thing they are, the first and the last thing they are, are avid readers. If you read, you understand what you like to read about. You understand how stories are developed. You understand what keeps your interest. Because when you venture into being an author, you're going into not only the art, the craft of storytelling, but you're also trying to make that a commodity and sell it to people that want to buy it. So the the first thing before you put pen to paper is you really need to read. The second thing is to really know the genre you're writing from. You you know, if somebody writes uh says they're writing for multicultural romance and and they're going for a genre where they're expecting to have this pairing some authors not understanding what that is will make the characters ambiguous or make it so that the character can, you know, oh, my fourth generation cousin was actually Irish, but I'm black, but he was Irish. I mean, those are novice mistakes, and a lot of authors don't do that. But if you make those mistakes, readers feel like you're cheating them or cheapening what they're reading. And that's just my perspective from multicultural. But it's the same thing with other genres. You have to know what you're writing for. The third thing is that you need a good beta reader. You need a partner because a lot of times we're so close to our material. Beta readers are not editors. They are not content editors either. They don't know how to develop stories. What they know is what they Mm -hmm. like. You need somebody that can pick Mm -hmm. it up and read it and be like, I'm sorry, Sienna, but I got halfway through and I fell asleep on this. Because you need that Mm -hmm. feedback to understand, okay, I'm not picking up the pace or the momentum enough to keep a reader engaged. So even as a novice reader, when you don't have a lot of money for editing and all that, which you got to invest in when you want to publish it, but a beta reader kind of makes sure that you're not wasting too much time. And then, of course, the fourth jewel is that you need a strong editor. One of my 
best-selling books is is actually not the Mafia series. It's a book called Before Sunrise. And when I wrote that book, I partnered with a Jewish woman out of California who never knew anything about the the kind of cultural experiences I came from. She was just a straight professional and an avid reader. And her perspective in editing was always to lead me down the line of, okay, you're getting too worried, wordy. Okay, you're telling instead of showing the reader. If you tell them everything, then they're not really going to enjoy it. You need to show it in a descriptive manner. So you got to have somebody that's professional to show you the artsmanship of not just grammatical error correcting, but how to write prose so that a reader mm-hmm. can feel like they're flipping into a world with you. Uh-huh. And then the last you thing, talk that talk. <laughs> the last thing, the fifth thing that I tell, and many authors will disagree with me, many readers will disagree with this, but I live by this rule because it keeps me sane, is do not read your reviews. As authors, we are very critical of ourselves. We go through so many rewrites when we're doing a book. Oh, we started with this story. We ended up with that story. We ended up with it. And then we got the editor telling us to change it here. We beat ourselves up to death by the time we give birth to it. If you sit there and wait for your review and wait for praise and somebody just did not like, if I had one book I wrote where I loved that, I was just, oh, they're going to love it. They're going to be into it. They're going to be into it. But I had the character smoke a cigar. And the reader hates cigar, cigarette smoke. So she ripped up me in a review about how she couldn't stand it. It was this and that. So I'm all in my feelings because I'm feeling like, oh, my God, why did I write that? I shouldn't have done that. Oh, this sucks. Other people are not going to buy it. It's the first review. She gave me a one star. Like, it does something to your creativity when you get that vested. If you need the criticism or the critiques that come in that are helpful, which really those critiques are three-star reviews. People that come in and give you helpful critiques usually give you three stars. They're not the people that give you one star. They're not the people that give you five star. Always remember to look for the three-star reviews. Get a partner, Mm -hmm. another author or a friend, to read the reviews for you. For me, I get another beta reader or a friend or my mother or somebody when I drop a book to read the reviews, and then they'll filter what you need to know. And that way you protect your creativity. Those are my five gems. That's a good idea. That's Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. (laughs) Now, Now, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun. We're going to okay. do something a little different with you because we know you seasoned and you can handle it. Okay. So <laughs> we like to do what's called a live excerpt. So I'm going to give you two props. Mm-hmm. You're going to take those two props and you're going to either create a scene with two new characters or two characters in your book, or you can even take those props and apply them to your own uh, scene in one of your books. So oh, the, props, <laughs> the props I'm going to give you is a red rose with mm-hmm. all of its thorn with all of its thorns and a whip. <laughs> Whoa, talking about putting I gotta do this from the top of my head. Yes, Just ma'am. Tell your story with a red rose. And a whip. Well, a red rose, rose with a lot of thorns. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The red, the rose has its thorns on it. And okay. 
Okay. Um, we ready. All right. Um, uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny tripped on the court and fell face first into the grass. He turned over exasperated because he saw that he pulled too far out the equipment he needed to trim the hedges the way that he needed to for his madam. In order for Johnny to get this under control before she noticed it, he doubles back and he tries to retrace his steps in the same direction. In doing so, from the side of his peripheral vision, he glimpses the window to her bedroom. Johnny leans in on the bush, thinking for the first time he would peer into her bedroom to see exactly what she does during the day. While he's leaning, his hand slips down into the the greens, and his fingers are nipped by a red rose. Johnny snatches his hand back and sips the blood and looks around, afraid that he's going to be caught. His nerves are raw. He's afraid of what would happen if he lost his job. But he's seen Madame several times in the evenings, coming in and out of this same room. During the day, she never leaves. Johnny has to take one final glance through her window to see what is happening. So he takes another step towards the window, this time careful not to put his hand on the bush, but to put it on the glass. As blood smears down from his sweaty palm being pressed too closely to the pane, he leans in and he sees her finally. Madame is standing there in front of a mirror with full garter lace on and a high-waisted bra. She's holding a whip. She's talking to herself in a manner as if she's acting out a scene. He wonders why a woman as pristine as as cultured and educated as her, a woman who is constantly called upon by dignitaries and people, powerful men, a woman that's looked up throughout the community as being the pillar of femininity and grace, would possess such erotic attire in such manner. Madame looks into the glass, and she catches his peering. She turns around, and she gestures with the whip. Join me. Sorry, that's all I can think of. Child, listen, she's fast, y'all. She's fast. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm y'all, sorry, but that's the thing I can think of. you have to write stuff, so I'm just talking out of my head, but that's all I can think of right now. Y'all, listen, we don't see our model here on Let's Chat. If it's going to be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, send them to Starbucks for some coffee because we ain't got time. I already know she's fast and that in her books ain't nobody going to Starbucks. <laughs> no. No, they ain't. Hey. <laughs> we so appreciate you coming to kick it with okay. us in the chat room, Sunia. You are welcome back any, any time. Just let us know when your next book drops. Come on in and we're going to talk about it. Thank you, you for having me. You are so very welcome. Before you head out the chat room, tell everybody, um, your social media handles, any events you have go, uh, coming out, and uh, your next book that's getting ready to be released, if you have those. Okay, so um, Sienna Minx is where you would find me on um, Twitter and on Instagram. On uh, the um, uh, Facebook, you'll find me under Sienna Minx. My website is actually thedivaspen.com, 
And my next book is actually a three-book anthology. It will feature an alpha, a sigma, and a beta. And I will explore romances through those three types of men. Uh, the first one is mm. called Godiva's Secret. The second one, Godiva's Secret, is the alpha male romance. The sigma male romance is Delilah's Scandal. And the beta male romance is Queen Surrender. But now, before you go, see, now you done bought some stuff up. Now, before you go, you got to tell everybody the difference between the three. Okay, so an alpha male is very uh, hard-line, uh, hard-nosed, knows what he wants, goes after it, is unapologetic about his lifestyle and the woman he chooses. Um, he's very male-dominant. Um, typically in paranormal, the paranormal uh, paranormal reading, especially for romance, a beta male is the male that's right up under the alpha. But in um, other romances, like the type of romances I write, which are suspense, right beneath the alpha is the sigma. The sigma male is different than the alpha that he is a lone wolf. He does not want to be an alpha. He lives a lifestyle on his own. He does. He's fine with not having the head, the being, you know, out front leading and taking charge. But people always flock to him because of his alpha tendencies. He loves one woman. He's dedicated to only one woman. And when he captures her, he wants to pull her into his world as opposed to getting involved in her world. And then a beta is the beta male that is more sensitive to the female needs. He's not as strong as the alpha and the sigma in the sense that he's not that aggressive, dominant personality. He's more sensitive to her, and he tries to balance her needs and always puts her first even above himself. That's interesting. Well, all so right my then. anthology will cover all three. Well, we are excited. Make sure you tag us so that we can get our one <laughs> click on. I will. I'll tell you. Absolutely. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us in the chat room. It was you have a great night. Okay, you too. Bye bye. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. That bye was bye. a great interview, Lee. Yeah. Oh, I love her. She is just like a ball of energy. Like we could have talked to her mm-hmm. for literally two hours. We would have had a good time. Mm-hmm. I probably could have gave mm-hmm. her three really hard uh props and we would have had like a good snack. <laughs> <laughs> You and your snack, girl. (laughs) (laughs) We got our next fabulous guest coming to kick in with us in the chat room. I met this fabulous young lady two years ago at Rihanna's uh, book event in West Virginia. And we have author Michelle Prince. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to this chat. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. You are so very welcome. So you got to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your literary journey. Oh, boy. Um, Well, I was first published in 2012, and since then I'm I'm getting close to my 40th book, and I write interracial, but I also write AA, and um, I basically write any kind of hero and heroine. I just like to mix it all up. just depends on how they come to me. So, And I like to say that my heroines don't, need their hero but they want them so that's the need mm. is bad it, that's where you get the oh my life is over because he left me no I want him around if he's not here uh, there's other things I can do you know that's kind of I, I don't like that um 
have to have that person to the point that you, your life is destroyed if they're not with you. So right, you're just so my, weak. My heroines yeah. want their hero, hero. They don't need them, though. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. And you do something unique with your male characters. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I do? <laughs> I don't know. But I, do I remember you telling me a story about the type of male characters you write. And you had a specific experience. Oh man! With a publisher, with a publisher, oh, a specific experience. Well, I, write a black, I, I write a lot of black heroes. Is that it? I don't know because I know I know I, I've gotten a lot of pushback for writing black heroes from publishers. Um, that's I, what I wanted you to talk about. That's okay, what I wanted you yeah. to talk about because yeah. your your male characters are they're African American males, but they're professional. Right. Yes. Yes. They're not. Um, I. I. When I. When I'm looking for my own books or for other books, it's, and plus I have my son. My son is black, so he. I don't want him to only see the black thug. Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. So my. So which is kind of or the camp or whatever that seems to be the theme that likes to. Flow. So mine usually are college educated, and they you know, they might be they can be. Two things too, like I have one that's uh, an Eagle Scout. He's a Boy Scout, and he's an athlete, and he's educated. So it was kind of like a mix of. And I've been told, yeah, I have been told, well, this is too much. You need to have more believable. And I'm like, well, my husband was an athlete, and he was very highly educated. These things can mix. It's okay. So yeah, I do do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the. I don't like the. It's a big. Yes, I have a lot of big characters, large men, um, and that are tall. And a lot of times, when people, white or black, when they see a large person, they kind of think that they're stupid. It's like the large, dumb, you know, kind of goes together. Right. And I don't like that. So I kind of I write against that stereotype too, because again, I I have my son and my husband have both large black men and they're not stupid they're just because they're big doesn't mean they're stupid which is another thing I absolutely hate anything that's a stereotype even when it's women my heroines are my heroes I tend to go against that whatever the natural mm-hmm. stereotype is absolutely <laughs> and I think that's what makes your writing unique because you you kind of go against the grain in your writing but let's talk a minute uh, because you did mention some of the pushback you get from the publishing company what what are a few things that they said that they needed to have in your writing that you weren't giving oh. them? The biggest thing is I need to do a lot more push on the racial aspect of it, of their relationship. And for me, it's not that there won't be some because we live in a world that's going to come, but that's not their main thing. There's other things that can be the dark moments for the couple. There are other things that can mm-hmm. keep them apart. And yeah. Once you tell them it's interracial, it's almost always, okay, so you got to make sure that you have, a, you know, somebody that's pushing on the fact that they're an interracial couple. And it's like my very first book that I did um, ended up being a four-book series, the Crystal series. And in that one, the racial aspect didn't happen in book one because book one, they were so into themselves and falling in love and creating this relationship that they didn't care what anybody said outside their relationship. Now, book mm. two comes and there's a little separation because he goes off to college and she's still in high school. And now they're starting to get it where he, you know, he's going to the black student union 
and she's doing, you know, and so we have, so then we have it, but it doesn't have to be the foundation for their relationship is them right. fighting against racial, there, there's enough, we have, as human beings, we have enough things that we can have that can be um, barriers in every other book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see that? So for me, I, I usually don't. I also usually only put the description, the skin tone description once in a book. I don't drag it out repeatedly. Uh, you know, their eyes, obviously, because everybody gets lost in everybody's eyes. So, yes, you're going to hear about their eye color, but you're not going to – I don't sit there and drag out the whole point because that's not what attracted them to each other. So that's mm. the smallest part of their relationship. They don't, they're not like, you know, whoever it is, whether it's I have a black heroine or a white heroine, she's not going after the man because of his skin color. She's going after the man because of the person inside and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why I get that's why I get a lot of pushback, and I've had publishers. Well, if you add more elements, then I'm like, I'm not going to add because I'm not going to diminish their relationship by throwing stuff in there that's not part of their relationship at this moment. Mm-hmm. So, wow, Mama Chad, this is Tony. How difficult for you as a as an author and as a writer to feel the need to have to I don't necessarily want to say water down your pen or your talent. But you have to have so much in the back of your head in order to get your story out because of the pushback that you get because of your story. How difficult is it to have your creative creativity come through your pen? Um, you know, thanks to indie publishing, it's a little bit mm-hmm. easier. Um, I'm still working to try to get to a big house, but I'm also not willing to compromise. Like my husband told me, if I wrote my very first book, and we did that whole series with a white hero and heroine. I could get a big time publisher. And I know that, but there's part of me that doesn't mm-hmm. want to give up. I don't want to lose that fight. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest thing. I do not want to lose that fight. And I want people mm-hmm. to be able to just pick up a book and no matter who the hero or heroine is, just fall in love with the characters and fall right. in love with them. And then, and then we let, who cares, you know, because it's, I one of my biggest pushbacks and that I find that I have an issue with is I know that it's for search engines, putting in like the acronym so you know that this is a black woman with a white man or whatever, Asian man, whatever it is. That's great. But it's the fact that like when I sit there and I say, oh, I write interracial and then I write regular Roman. I, uh, what do I say when I have a white couple? Because I do have a few books with white couples because that's just how they came to me. Well, that's romance, but the regular ones have, it's like less, equal but less by me putting that moniker out there. And, I, and the more I've been in this business, the more I'm realizing by throwing that title on there, we're actually diminishing them because we're throwing them into a subgenre. And, no, this is a romance. A romance is between a man and a woman. It doesn't matter. And so it's, mm-hmm. kind, of a, it's kind of a hard thing for because we want it for the search engine because we want to see ourselves in the book. But at the mm-hmm. same time, are we putting it less? Because when I when I have to tell people, I'm like I started realizing that more and more as I was trying to explain. Oh yeah, I write this and I write. Oh, well I would just say regular romance if it's a white couple, and that that's not right because that just diminished the rest of mine. There are regular romance too, so at least that's my opinion. But I could be wrong. <laughs> Ooh. Absolutely, honey. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you gotta let them know what it is. Yeah, it's, it's romance, and there's not there's no difference between the two. It's two people that are in love with probably opposite jobs or come from different 
classes or whatever. And a lot of times my black heroes actually come from a higher class than my white heroes or heroines when I do an interracial, whether it's even with a, a, a black woman, a black heroine, she's usually from a higher class than her hero. Mm-hmm. Just, I, mm-hmm. I just, just go against That's the stereotype. Well, you keep doing that. They'll be all right. <laughs> yep, they will be just fine because you're doing just fine without right. them. <laughs> exactly. mm-hmm. And like I said, that's what indie publishing is great. In small publishing houses, they'll take a chance on a book that's different. And like I said, mm-hmm. I've even had people come up to me and say they couldn't, until they read my books, they never thought of a black man as a hero. And I was just like, I, I kind of responded to somebody's quote. I'm like, it's been seven years since I've heard that the first time. And I still don't have a response to that. I'm like, why? I mean, besides why? <laughs> I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't think there'll yeah. ever be an answer to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I can't give a correct answer to that, but I've heard it more than mm-hmm. one time. So, right. And does it even deserve eyes. an answer? But does it even does deserve an answer? Like, you know, you know sometimes what? it's like... I opened her eyes. I opened her eyes. That's all that matters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's like, dude, I don't even think I really need to share my, you know, air is kind of thick nowadays, you know, I need to hold on to it. I don't even think yeah. I need to discuss that with you. I, I, I think yeah. I might be wasting my air just trying to have a whole conversation about that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Now, Michelle, you write so many different facets uh, of relationships. So if you can drop five jewels on an up-and-coming author, what would those jewels be? I would listen to the Sienna's, at least the last three, and I was like, that, that sounds right to me um, for a new author, though. Um, well, the first one is always be true to yourself. Um, don't write. I know they always talk about writing the market. If you're writing the market, you're not writing for yourself. Now, you may fall mm-hmm. into a market, which um, kind of kind of happened with me with my motorcycle series. I kind of fell into a market, but I kept it my way. And even my co-author, and that she's like, you know, I don't know if we can have you have a you have a multiracial. Because I, I made it a multiracial motorcycle club. She's like, you know, there's some people. I said, nope, we're not changing it. I've seen mm-hmm. multiracial motorcycle clubs. It's fine. So don't write to market because one, you're never going to keep up. And two, if you do, you're, you're putting out mediocre work. And three, your voice is not being heard. Somebody else's voice is being heard. Just wait till your market hits. It's fine. You know? And it might be that your market will hit five years after you put out the book. But it's better to have, you'll do better because it'll be your voice. It won't be somebody else's voice. So that would be definitely a thing. Um, another jewel. Uh, um I kind of like the other thing about not reading your reviews. It's hard not to. Um, but to kind of spin off of um, reading your own reviews, um, when you when you do, like, critiques or something like that, don't just take everything as gospel. You have to still keep to yourself. You have to know what's going on. I've had people that told me this character doesn't even belong in this book. They were in Chapter 1. They had no idea what that character was going to be in Chapter 7 or 12 or at the end of the book. And if mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh, my God, they're right. This ca- that was a main character, but they didn't realize it because it wasn't written. Because in that part, in that one little snapshot, they couldn't see that because they don't know what your end goal is. So in that sense, 
again, I guess a lot of them are keeping with your own beliefs, but definitely listen to what they're saying because there are going to be things that they're going to find. Like if you have a beta reader who reads the whole way through and is like, you know what, whatever happened to X? Oh, my goodness, I totally forgot to tie up that loose end, and I, yeah, it's not a cliffhanger thing. I need to make sure that's done. So definitely listen to them, but take everything with a grain of salt because you know your full vision. They only know part of it. Um, definitely get an editor. That's number three. Um, I know a lot of times people are like, I can't afford an editor, but you can't afford not to get an editor, but do your research. Find somebody mm-hmm. who has worked with that person. You can ask, and authors are always open. If they say, yeah, if they're with a publisher and you want to know about that publisher, send them a message. If they're not, ha- if they're having issues with them, they'll tell you. If they're not having issues, if they've had a great experience, if they had, they will tell you that too. So always be find an editor, but go into books that you like, look at who edited it, and then go and ask that author how they felt about the editing experience. If you see that they have like 20 books that were edited by that author, or by, edited by that same editor, that tells you it's a good editor. So that's what I would go for. Um, as far as make sure that you get your money's worth, but go for one that um, that's, that's doing a good job. Uh, or um, realize it's a marathon, it's not it's not a sprint. You're not, I mean, mm-hmm. I always like to say that I was the ex- I wanted to be the exception, not the rule. But the rule was there. It's fine. You don't need. To, mm-hmm. You're not. You know. Don't listen to. Don't go into those writers groups where they're constantly showing you doing the humble brag. How much? Oh, I made all this money in like three weeks. It's amazing. I'm a genius. What works for them is not going to work for you. And they try to sell you, they'll sell you snake oil, they'll sell you everything, and then you'll start eating brownies by the pan repeatedly for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because you're not hitting those goals. And that's, they had a different journey than you did. And for them to sit there and think that book writing and the whole book business is not cookie cutter at all. So you can't, mm-hmm. what, half, what works for one person is not, it might work for you, but it might not. And you got to realize you got to test these other markets, test these other things first, but don't. Try not to, it's hard not to compare yourself to other people, but you got it. You have to as much as you can, because otherwise you will just go down a rabbit hole. And again, you'll be eating brownies by the pan. Not that I know that personally at all. Um, <laughs> and what, I need a fifth one, a fifth one. Oh, my goodness. Um, get your tribe. I've got a tribe of mm-hmm. authors that I, I have my expertise group. That's part of my tribe. I have some other authors that are part of my tribe. And go to them. They're the ones who you can just, like, break down and just, like, cry because you're having a horrible day. But they're also the ones that can say, here's, here's what we need to do. Um, I do that mm-hmm. for authors and vice versa. Like, they're like, I, can't, I need to write 60,000 words in the next three, you know, three and a half weeks. Okay, here's what we're going to do. And you break it down for them or you show them how they're going to be able to do it, and suddenly they're back on track. So, and they do the same for me. And I actually, Brianna um, Mallory, I told her she broke me. Because mm-hmm. another author friend had sent me her blurb just to look at. And I went through line by line, re, not rewrote, but found issues with different parts and sent it back to her. And I realized after I hit send, I'm like, oh, crap, she just wanted me to, to tell her if it was okay. But because mm-hmm. Rihanna will send them to me and, be, I'll, and vice versa, we send it to each other and we line for line it. I was so used to that when it came through. I didn't even think about it. I just did what I did because she, that's 
kind of what the tribe does for each other. So that's kind of the importance of having a good tribe. And like mm-hmm. I said, she broke she broke me, but it was okay because the other person was like, oh, my God, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> like, <good. laughs> didn't mean to insult you and rip apart your entire blurb. I didn't mean to. It's just Rihanna made me do it. She she beat me. She beat me, and she made me learn how to do it. <laughs> Oh my God! You hear that, Rihanna? You abused yeah. her. <laughs> she abused me. She abused me. She she trained me right. She trained me like a little lap dog. I know exactly what to do when she sends me certain things. I'm like, oh yes, that's it. She had me trained. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, you know, here in Let's Chat, we love to do something fun, and we're gonna do a fun excerpt. That like we did with Sienna, but I'm gonna change it up oh. for you because I've read your book and I know what you can do. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you three props instead of two. Ugh. I'm gonna give you <laughs> red thigh high boots. Okay. Carmex. Carmex. Okay. Carmex. Oh, Carmex. Okay. Mhm. And castor oil. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, Lord. You know, that's not fair to do that after putting me after Sienna. Sienna, that's just not right. I'm just going to say right there. Carmex <laughs> uh, and castor oil. Oh, you mean. Okay. Um, All right. Well, the one that would be wearing the that's in my head that would be wearing the thigh highs as it is. It's gonna have to be free, so I'll have to use her. Okay. So let's see. Duke watched as his old lady spun herself on the pole, her thigh high boots not even sticking to the brass as she spun around, slipped and found her way to the bottom. The entire room was watching the woman that he would be sleeping with that night, and he loved it, the way she would turn them on, walk around with her red thigh-high boots that he knew soon would be pressing into, well, various parts of him. He watched as men, oh, God, I can't do this. (laughs) I can't do it. You gave me hard stuff. Carmex. There is no right. such thing as I can't. Oh my God. <laughs> There's no such thing in as I can't. Okay, let's see here. Uh, all right, let's see. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay, let me jump in. Let me jump in. So he's watching her. He's watching, he's watching her. You fantasize him. All right. And what's his name? His name is uh, Old Hollywood or Duke, whichever one you want to call him. All right. Okay. So we're going to call him Hollywood because we're different and we can do that. All right. Placing his hand in his pocket, he pulled out his Carmex <laughs> and rubbed it across the bottom lip, his bottom lip as he watched in amazement as she spun and twisted and turned on the dance floor. Go ahead, T, jump in. Oh, <laughs> okay, you caught me off guard. 
right? I'm just trying um, to figure out how you can as, put that castor oil in there because that. Uh, okay, as he watched <laughs> her dance on, as he watched her dance on the dance floor, he saw that her moves were as smooth as castor oil. Go ahead, Miss Michelle. <laughs> there you go. I will give you that one. I giving me an unprompted. I was scared you were going to do that when I heard Sienna's. I'm just going to tell you that right there. I was nervous. Hello? We're here. Oh, okay. Can you hear I was just I was just saying I was nervous. That was good. That was a good way to tie that in. <laughs> well, we're going to tie it out. We gotta tie it up with um as he watched her dance with her moves as smooth as castor oil, her red thigh boots stood out to him. How's that? There we go. <laughs> there you go. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Exercise. It's a writing exercise that. Oh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a writing exercise that we took. Uh, Victoria Christopher Murray has an editing. Um, I don't even think I got it from Victoria. I no, used to do I made up myself. Huh? I used to do flash. I used to do flash fiction where I would um, send out a picture to five authors and then we'd post it on my blog, like, and they would be totally different what you got from this picture. It could be just like something random. Some people went all out paranormal. Some would go murder or something. Yeah. So, yeah. It is a good exercise. Just, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, in her editing class, she always wants you to, she she really shows you the difference, the the art of editing. Um, And I think in one of her exercises, it was how can the sentence be better or something like that. And so I just was like, ooh, that would be hot if we did a live excerpt because nobody was really doing that. And so we started doing live excerpts, and now we do them on every show. Sometimes they're steamy and racy, and sometimes they're bloody and murderous. It just really depends on the author. They could take it in any direction they want creatively. It's really up to them. But we appreciate you coming in here and sticking in, in with us. And going through our <laughs> our fun moment. Yeah. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You are so very welcome. I want you to shout out all of your social media, any events you have coming up, and your next book that's going to be released. Okay. So social media is on Facebook. You can find me at Michelle Prince Books on Facebook and then Twitter I think it's Michelle Prince One and I know Instagram is Michelle Prince Books and my website is Michelle Prince Books. Now the thing is I was born before spell check so it's Michelle spelled M I C H E L. So just M I C H E L and then Prince as in the artist formerly known as. And events coming up, I know I've got one in Lexington. Um, I'll be at IRAE next year, Deadwood and then I hold an event in the, in the Twin Cities called Royal Readers, and that will be August 8th, and that will be a pretty big one. It's at the Mall of America. So we have over 50 authors. It's a lot of fun. 
Um, so if you need something, if you want, if you want an excuse to come to the Mall of America, you can come for the book signing, August eighth. And my next book to come out is um, called The Rotation, and it's a book uh, about a woman, a girl. It's actually kind of a new adult book because she's in in college, and it goes through until she's a little bit older. And she has a rotation of men, and she has all these rules. And of course, um, the tagline kind of for it is, "She made up the rules, but he knows how to play the game." So Katie thinks she's got her life under control. She's got the men that she likes to be with. And then Tuck shows up, and Tuck throws it all off because he wants more from her. So that's called the rotation. That'll be out uh, pre-order. I know it's always cheaper on pre-order from this publisher, and that'll be the October 22nd, and that releases on November 5th. And then my CLMCs are all being just all got put back out. Um, our publisher had to close. Um, it wasn't a bad deal. She, it was health reasons. She gave us all our books back. So I'm re-releasing all those books, um, but book one through five are out for that, and book six will be out in the in January, and it's called Cream because she rides uh, she rides a motorcycle called Peaches, and her hero doesn't know whether he wants to ride Peaches or Cream more, or which would be sweeter. Well, to all ride. right. Hey. He said, he said, I, don't, I don't know which one's gonna be sweeter to ride Peaches or Cream, so mm-hmm. that will be out. Yes, that will be out, and that will be IR. That will be. Um, a black woman with a white man on that one in my rescue hero okay. MC series. So that's what I have Absolutely. Well, let us know. Make sure you tag us so we can share. Yes, ma'am. And thank you again for having me. You are so very yeah. welcome. We appreciate you coming to kick it with us. And you have a great night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. You're welcome. That was fun. <laughs> She is so sweet. But you can see like her creativity and, and how her mind works with her books. She is just really mm-hmm. dope. Really, really dope. We have our next fabulous guest coming to kick in with us in the chat room. We have Event okay. Planner and CEO, AK Day. Welcome. Well, thank you. Hello, everybody. Hello. hello Thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. means a lot. How's Absolutely. everybody doing tonight? We are doing, doing good. good. Yes, well, sir. Good. Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit. First, I want to get into the name. A.K. Day. Where did you come up with that? Well, my name is originally is Akeem Daylay. Um, so since that was so hard for people to say, I just... Me and my mom decided upon when I was just a young child, we just started going by AK, which is the first two letters of my first name. Oh, and that's Dave creative. Is my last name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but okay. still people get it mixed up and say AJ, so. I ha- I'm a man of multiple uh, nicknames. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into event planning, business, your entrepreneur. Just tell us where it all started. Well, it all started um, quite a few years ago when I was at a a, a major conference um, through our organization at church. And I was sitting there and I was just looking at all the money that was being raised and all the um, people that were there. And although we were so, uh, you know supporting the event, I started looking around and just wondering, I wonder how many people in the audience uh, – 
could use some of that money that's being raised that are just struggled to get there. They spent their last to get there, and it's just really there for a miracle. And it was during that moment that it was like God spoke to me and said, you're the one to be the miracle and to go out and reach out into the community and help and build someone up. And as a result of that, then uh, we birthed out Divine Destiny. Um, then we later on changed the name to King's Domain. As you can see, we were struggling for the name. And then um, in the latter part of uh, last year, the name New Day just really stuck with us. And we knew that that was the name we should have. But initially, we started out as a nonprofit organization, um, and then later on decided that um, to be a for-profit organization, we might be able to develop more and be able to reach more people um, in a, on a um, in a wider in a wider scale. Okay. So we, now you said to be for-profit. For those that don't know what for-profit is, tell everybody just briefly what that is. For-profit is just um, a different type of organization. It's like um, people are familiar with not-for-profits, which basically means they're not doing this to gain money per se, although they need money to operate. Where for-profit is, we are trying to gain some money. We're trying to make a profit in order to do that. Um, while we're doing a, uh, while we're doing a for-profit, we then can give back into the community out of those profits um, in such a way. There's different. Um, a lot of people don't know that there's different rules for the non not for profit as there is for profit. So with not for profit, um, there's different criteria as far as like uh, everybody can look in your books, everybody can do whatever um, as far as they can call you on the carpet and say, hey, let me see this. Or for profit, you have a little bit more control of your money. So the vision of still giving back is still there. It just gives us a little bit more control. Um, as to say what we do as far as who we help and how we help them. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, AK, this is Tony. How do you determine who, what organizations or what communities um, profit or, or, you know, are helped by the, the money that you raise? Well, we, we just go off of, uh, off of how we, uh, basically how we feel at that, at that moment. We've gone through and we've helped organizations such as, um, a place called Jeanette's House of Hope, which is a non-for-profit organization. Um, we've mm-hmm. helped them to uh, raise a little money to help. And that organization is designed to help um, young mothers um, and mothers-to-be who just have no clue where to start, who may not have a supporting staff or supporting um, any uh, uh, people around them to really support them and help them out. Um, so Jeanette House of Hope um, is that is that support system for them. And so at one point they were needing some assistance uh, with developing that. I think she had just recently got a new house, so they needed new toiletries and stuff that just, you know, young mothers need. And so we helped um, with that. We've helped the um, YMCA, not the YMCA, I apologize, the YWCA uh, with um, raising with awareness and bringing um, forth toiletries and different things that um, the mothers of the YWCA need as well. We've also helped organizations like the Children Children's Services. We've gotten toys for um, the young kids there who may not have their parents or may not know their parents or just might be having just might be struggling with just being in a foster home. And we've done that for Christmas time um, in the past. Um, so we've done so, just wherever our heart is felt at that point. It's not 
no one is excluded, but just we just can't. We just have not been able to reach everybody um, in the past over the past few years. But our goal is to reach as many as we can. It sounds like you're doing some amazing work um, over there. Now, can you talk to us about the grants for profits? About the grants for profits? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I, I'm not as educated on the grants for profits. Um, there's uh, as I probably should be, or as I would like to be, so I can't really mm-hmm. speak edu- um, edu- uh, I can't really give you an educated discussion on that. Um, but I do what I have heard as far as grants. Uh, from my understanding, is that um, people apply for grants and they would um, get um, certain grants to help them with raising money in different areas or helping them accomplish certain goals. But well, that's all I really am aware of when it comes to grants. As far as the for-profit part, mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure about that. Mm-hmm. This is still Tony um, A.K. With all that you're doing with uh, with you know with the organization, is there a way where those that may be listening can like contribute or or volunteer? Is is that how your 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 organization is set up? Well, by all means, um, people can actually. I mean, right now we're hosting a series of comedy shows. Um, we've hosted the past uh, uh, several comedy shows just this year alone to mm-hmm. for people to just be able to get together, reach out into the community, just be able to reach out and touch each other and just speak. I mean, we have so much social media going on nowadays. People, all, you know, you, you see them in person, it's almost like, hey, you know, you're surprised to see them in person, where our mm-hmm. goal at this point is to kind of break that barrier that the communication gap that we've developed over using social, over utilizing social media, I should say. Um, but so right now we have a comedy show coming up on October the 26th, where we have a host mm-hmm. of, of great, um, great comedians. We have uh, 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 Mike, Mike J. He's of Dayton, Ohio. We have Dusty Lewis. Um, I think he's in Kentucky, and we have a guy by the name of Daryl Clark. Those guys are coming out. And then we have a young lady by the name of Cheryl Freedom who is going to be the host. And these events really, yes, they are to, to help um, build, you know, build relationship and also to raise some money, but we're still in a developing stages to where, so we, um, to where we can give back our next adventure though, with our net, with this next, uh, with this next uh, comedy show is that hopefully we'll, we'll earn enough money or gain enough money so that we can go, go out and give into the community, maybe give out some turkeys, um, to hungry families, or maybe get some clothes or, or blankets or something to people who are in need. Um, so, but people can look us up on New Day Corp on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're also on Instagram under New Day Corp. Mhm. Wow. Well, that's some amazing. This is still Tony, um, AK. You know, with all that you're doing within within the community, all the good work that you're doing, you and your team. With that being said, what have you learned about yourself on this journey that you may not have really really recognized before you sat there and watched all the money that were exchanged at that event that got this all started? Um, I realize that if you just trust in yourself and you trust in the talents that God has given you, great things mm-hmm. can happen. I've learned that over the years that many people – are me focused and unfortunately um, very few of us are us focused 
or we focus, should I say. And and I learned for a great number of years I was one of those people, and it didn't sit well with me. It didn't sit well at all. So that is what helped me to come to the realization that there has to be a way to give back. There has to be something that we can do to help people. Um, and this is the avenue that, that I felt led down, something that I, I I felt that was my calling, something I felt like I was designed to do, and that's promote mm-hmm. and host events and use a, and you save money through those events to give and help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Now, if there was someone listening tonight that was interested in getting something started, what, what three pieces of advice would you give them just to get the, them, in, you know, pointed in the right direction? Just to start. Go out, find you something that you want to do. Find your passion. Go after your passion. If it is an event planning, then do it. Uh, write, I think the Bible says to write the vision and make it plain. Decide what you want to do and go do it. Find a venue that's going to help you out. I mean, people, I mean, a lot of times people, we don't start out with uh, with lots of money and be able to just go out and start, but you still can start. There's organizations out here like the YWCA that may let you, if you're doing a, I'm hosting an event for them, you can go to them and ask them, hey, can I use your space? Because I want to raise awareness for your organization. Um, that's one way you can start. Then you can find some people with good hearts and willing to donate their time and their energy and their talents um, that also believe in the cause. My thing is, mm-hmm. I, 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 as much as I like for to, I like I like to work with people who are willing to uh, work and help other people, to willing to work and help the community. Um, I don't necessarily. I don't I don't hit on nobody's hustle or nothing like that, but but if your aim is to see what you can do to get whatever you can out of people, then mm-hmm. I can't really use you because that's not our goal. Our goal is to help. Our goal is to give back, and then we're going to allow and we'll and we'll know that God is going to bless us as a result of our giving and helping and and pouring back. And we've been able, and we've been blessed to just re, uh, find a, a ton of people that who's just willing to help. So for mm-hmm. anybody that's listening, that has a host of people or knows people who are just trying to develop their craft or trying to develop their their um, their talent and get out in front of people and just want to help, utilize those people. Don't exclude anybody. Just utilize them um, and let them help as best you can or as best mm-hmm. they can. And, and your your vision will be developed, just like mine is being developed. And get the most mm-hmm. of people. I have a great, I have a great um, support uh, support staff. I have a young lady by the name of Stacy Johnson. She's uh, she runs Mobile Red Productions. She's been helping me out greatly, um, mm-hmm. just getting me out and allowing me to um, um, speak and just helping me get the word out. And it's been a blessing. It's been a true blessing. So you need people in your corner. And if anybody's not in your corner, then they're not in your corner. Don't get hung mm-hmm. up about it. Just keep it moving. Right. We have, you know, we have a lot of people who, um, I'm pretty sure we've all dealt with people. Uh, as soon as you start something, or they say, "Oh, you should do this, you should do that," and then the moment you start doing it, 
they're the last they're they're the furthest people you that uh, that even come around. They never show up, you know. They oh, mm-hmm. they always got a reason or excuse to say why they weren't there, why I couldn't help. Well, when those happen, you just shake it off. You just keep moving because there's a mm-hmm. host of people who who need and want and desire to help, and who need right. and want and desire to to be there for you. Right. Well, can, when you mention Stacy, I know, I know you got good people in your corner. We absolutely love here her on Let's Chat. But AK, we have a hand up. Do you mind taking a call? Oh, by all means. Okay, we're gonna bring in nine three seven two three one. You're live on Let's Chat. What's your name and where you calling from? Yeah, this is uh, this is Mike J. And 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 I know we on the radio show right now, but AK, I was wondering. If I could borrow twenty dollars for gas, bro, uh, I, I know you're famous and everything, but I need twenty dollars for gas, man. I, I, I got you. I got you. Uh, see me on the, see me on the, uh, on the thirty second. Hey, man, that's all I'm saying, man. But look, look, I've been waiting in the call queue for like ten minutes, man. You long winded like a Baptist preacher, man. I'm gonna need you to cut it short. This ain't your show. This is not your show, AK. This ain't your show. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, you know, I gotta seize the moment when I seize the moment. <laughs> I, I, I see that. I see that. And, and, and who show? Who show is this? Who? Who's the wonderful hostess of this show? Well, you already know. You already know. And I. And this is one of the comedians that's gonna be speaking with us, or that's gonna be helping us out on the twenty sixth. Mike J. He is. Uh, he's one of the local. He's hilarious, by the way. If you ever get a chance to come out and hear him. Or see him live, you you'll you'll truly do yourself a favor to come out and see this this. As you see, he's crazy on the microphone right now on the phone right now. So. <laughs> it's it's gonna well, we be it's gonna be a good show. Yes, ma'am. I thank you thank you for taking my call. It's gonna be a good show on the twenty sixth. I want y'all to all come on out. My boy AK. I've been doing comedy for him for a couple of years now, and out of all of the years that I've been working with AK. He's a good dude. I mean, he's only paid me a total of seventy-five dollars for over the five years, but he's still a good dude. He's still a good dude. Well, I just want everybody to know that. Well, Mike, what made you want to go into to comedy? What made you decide to be a comedian? Well, first off, I'm a preacher's kid, so I found a lot of my material in the church. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm one of those comics where, yeah, I'm 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 a preacher's kid. I go to church. I'm clean, you know, but, you know, most of my comedy came, you know, from the church. You know, I, I remember growing up, uh, we didn't have cushions on, on the pews. All we had was just wood pews. We didn't have cushions on them. So it was hard for the mother's department and the mother's section to keep the gas bubbles down because we heard them doing service. So we talk about that a lot, you know, sometimes. So we thank God for the cushions. Tony, Tony, ask, ask you, ask you, ask him who stole the cushions, Tony. Ask him who, who stole the cushions. Uh oh. <laughs> who stole the cushions, Mike? Wasn't that you? I'm about to say, well, we 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 were we were some bad kids. We were some we were some derelict uh, young young people, part of the Sunshine Band. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And I will tell you, we we put the cushions back. You know, but we had to, yeah, we put the cushions back, but we had to take them because, you know, after, you know, you know, mothers, all they like to fix is greens and okra on Sunday. So the cushions (laughs) were smelling. So we had to take them out for breeze them and we put them back. So we we did. We brought the cushions back. 
You had to air them out, Mike. You had to air them out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We had to air them out. But but they that was that was after they raised the money to buy new chairs and then he just put the old cushions back on the old chairs and made it like there was a new chair. <laughs> That's right. We had we had to cut the deacon salary in half. They was only making ten dollars, so we, we had to cut their salary in half. Oh wow, That's five dollars. <laughs> Now you know and Deacon Mims and them. In the you know Deacon Mims and them needed more than that five dollars. You could at least gave them six. But well, that was the thing. We only gave them what they had to start the offering off with. That's what they. That's what they earned. <laughs> you, you, you know you heard the Deacons. We gonna start the offering off with five dollars because that's all we make it. So we. we gonna, so, so that's how we, that's how it worked out. That's how it worked out in my church. <laughs> oh my God, you are hilarious! Well, you next time you come to Georgia, let me know, and I'm gonna come to one of your shows. <laughs> you know what? I will be, I will be in Georgia. Matter of fact, one of my good friends down there, his name is Little Robert. Little Rob, he has a uh, uh, comedy thing. Uh, he's got a fusion uh, sports bar, and he's gonna have me down doing some comedy, and also. Uh, ben from the Laughing Skull. That's my big. That's my big homie right there. So he's bringing me down uh, in 2020 next year uh, to perform uh, one or two shows in in the ATL. So I would definitely oh. be down that way next year. Oh well, keep me posted. Keep me posted. I love a good. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What? What? Well, they, they probably gonna pay you a little AK bit more your, than I do. What? What you say? AK? <laughs> Where you gonna get? Oh, so they, probably, they probably gonna pay you a little bit more than I do. <laughs> well, I, I mean, any, a homeless man can pay me more than you do, AK. <laughs> at least if he asks for money and I tell him I need 50 cents back, at least he'll give it to me. <laughs> I cash I out you that five cent that day. I know, I got it. I appreciate it. <laughs> they took three cents because you sent it. <laughs> well. Now, AK, what made you go into uh, doing comedy shows? I might have missed that part. Because of of guys like him. I mean, my first one we did and went to help the YWCA, I reached out to Mike, and he and I just clicked like, uh, as you see, we we both crazy, but he just does his on the stage, or I do mine behind the scenes. But we just clicked, (laughs) and I came to him with the idea. He was with it. And since then, I just, I just felt like that was it. And so I, I got a bunch of crazy people like him that's willing to help. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Well, we appreciate you, Mike, coming to to holla at AK today and coming to kick it with us here on the chat room. We're gonna put you back into the queue, okay? All right. Thank y'all for having me. You, you have an awesome show. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have another hand up, um, AK. You feel like taking another call? Oh, by all means. Okay, we're going to hey, bring in 404. Hey, Stacy. Can I say hi first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah, you know, y'all know I love you, Tony and Lynch. Tony and Lynch, y'all, y'all know I absolutely love y'all. I want to, you know, thank y'all for, um, y'all see I've been, Showing y'all support over the years, y'all have shown me just as much support over the years, and it's you know it's real, true, genuine love. So I, I want to thank you all as well. 
You are we so appreciate very welcome. you. You're always looking out for us. We thank you for that. You know, you're always welcome here. And any of your clients, you know, anytime you text me, I try to make it happen. Yep, that's that black girl magic. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Spinning around like Wonder Woman. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I, 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 look, I can't get on y'all show and not say hi to y'all guests. Hey, AK. Well, hello, Miss <laughs> Stacy. How are you? I'm good, sir. And you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for uh, for recognizing I was on the phone. <laughs> I was on. <laughs> I was on the show. <laughs> well, you are the man of the hour right now, so. I can't not say hello. Mm-hmm. My only question well, is, um, are you going to take this on the road? That's my question. I do have a desire to take this on the road at some point. Um, we have been considering going actually down to Atlanta um, and looking at some locations. We do have several people down there um, that we know will support us. We have family members down there, friends down there, um, and so yeah, our desire is at some point going on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know love we it. add another one. I know you can definitely add another support to the list. And Alicia, Alicia live down there. So yeah, you know they have a they have a comedian down here, Hank Stinson. Super funny, super funny, super funny. You might want to add him to your your list too if you don't already know him. Hank Stinson. Hank Denson. Okay. You, you have to give me his info I'm sorry, Absolutely. somebody. What did you say? I was telling her she had to give me his information. Oh yeah, by all means. But he gonna need one of seventy five dollars, Mike. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> tighten that up, bro. <laughs> tighten that up. He only gonna give you what you gonna take now. <laughs> you already know GM on strike for a reason. Yay! Uh, <laughs> now, y'all. Now, Mike is just—he just one of them crazy guys. I try and pay him. He like, nah, man, your money no good for me. Your money no good here. So, and, I, and so, you don't have to tell me twice. So I, I just hold on to it. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me that. Look, I'm gonna put this back on in my pocket. Thanks, brother. <laughs> right. So outside of, I mean, I love the fact that you do not for profits and that you do do uh, for that you do assisting help assistance for nonprofits. But I want you just to talk a little bit about the business side um, of it because a lot of people want to have a nonprofit, and you have some people that have not for profits and they don't know how to maneuver it. They don't know how to grow it. They don't know sponsorships. Talk a little bit about that. Well, when you do sponsorships, a lot of times you just simply, you write a letter. I mean, you develop a letter to get sponsorships. But the first thing is you got to make sure that you're established. Um, we have a lot of people that say, I'm, uh, I am I got my LLC or, or no, they don't even say, they just say I have a business. They don't have their LLC. Um, certification they don't have they're not registered with the state or let alone the uh, federal government so those are your first steps and then you you need to make sure that um you get your plan and then you start looking out looking for money and getting uh, sponsorships and stuff you just have to write your proposal send it to 
everybody that you can and um, just kind of hope for the best or pray for the best. But a lot of times you just have to be prepared and be ready to hear no, because unfortunately that's, that's easier to say for a lot of people than yes. But once you hear those yeses, you can, uh, you can of course, move forward and, and be excited. But like I said earlier, you just don't give up. You just got to keep moving, whether it's not-for-profit um, or for-profit for that matter. You just have to keep going um, mm-hmm. and making sure you stick to it. You know, we Absolutely. we give up too easy. Yeah, we give up and, too easy. And I think the one thing that I've learned in business is um, sometimes you got to create your own name. Exactly. Exactly. It, I remember. Um, I remember Janet Jackson. Uh, a lot of people wonder why she didn't want to work with her brother for years. And that was her reason. She said, "No, I want to make it on my own. I, I want to. I want to do this. I don't want to. Although I'm already known as his little sister, I don't want to, people to think that I'm making this because I'm his little sister, mm-hmm. but because I have my own talent and my own gift. And and that's very important. You have to make your own name. You can't try and build. I can never. We can never be another Coke. We can never be another Pepsi, or another. Or for I don't even know if the company RC is still around. But you can never be another RC. You can only be the, your yourself. You can only be the original you, the one that you're created, and make your and, and make your own name. Got to mm-hmm. make your own rules, and and move and and go for it. Absolutely. And how important is having a solid support system around you? Oh, it's it's, it's very very important um, to have a solid support system, but. We have to always remember, even if you don't have a support system, that you support yourself, that you push yourself. Uh, because if you don't believe in you, why should why should anybody else believe in you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you don't invest in you, nobody else should. You can't invest anybody else to invest in you either. Absolutely. I'm glad that you pointed that out. Mm-hmm. So throughout the years of you doing all of your businesses, all of your endeavors, uh, just following your passion and making it do what it do, what are some of the things that you learned uh, about yourself and about yourself as a man? Um, Something I learned about myself is that I just, I really love people. I really do. Even to, I guess to some people say it to a fault, um, and as a man, just to, I don't know, I've always been secure in who I am as a man, but I would say that as a man to just, just don't be afraid, you know, just stop being afraid of uh, of being told no, stop being afraid to go after, no matter even what your, your, your history, what your background may be, um, a lot of times even we as men have fear of, of rejection, we have fear of of failure. We have a lot of fears that we don't want to face, and once you just learn how to face those, then you can easily overcome those. And so that's something that I, I'm not saying I've mastered it because I'm still learning to just mm-hmm. keep stepping out on faith and keep um, reaching for uh, my goals and keep going after the, my dreams and keep going after things that I know that I'm supposed to do. And just never give up because if you never give up, then you'll make it. The I wish I could remember who said this, but it's a quote that says, "There's no such thing as impossible," because the very word itself spells "I'm possible." 
So that's a good one. Yeah, that's so a good one. Encourage, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to encourage yourself. Mm-hmm. So I stay motivated. I stay encouraging myself. And those people that are around me, I try and keep them lifted up because, hey, it's going to be some days you might you might need them to lift you up. Absolutely. That's true. You better talk that talk. Well, you know, here on Let's Chat, well, you don't know, but Stacy knows. Here on Let's Chat, we like to do something a little fun with our guests. And Tia's going to ask you just a fun question. And we want you to just sit mm-hmm. back, relax, and have a good time. All right. <laughs> well, AK, thanks so much for joining Alicia and I this evening. You have been, um, you are doing some amazing work, and we can, we wish you continued success. And your fun question this evening is quite simple because this is your first time here in the chat room, but we won't take it so easy on you next time, okay? Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Don't hurt but me. But with now. that being said. Your fun question is, three large people are trying to crowd under one small umbrella, but nobody gets wet. How is this possible? Three three large people are trying to crowd under one large umbrella, but no one One gets wet. One small umbrella. But no one gets wet. Right. Uh, It's not raining. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we so appreciate like you coming. Right. If you wasn't paying attention, you would have been like, well, three large people under the umbrella, everybody get wet, ain't they? <laughs> but she ain't mentioned nothing about rain. <laughs> we appreciate you coming to kick it in the chat room with us. We want you to shout out all of your social media. Uh, anywhere that people can reach you as well as your next event. I know you have an event that's getting ready to come uh, you're getting ready to have. Tell us a little bit about that and any um, other events that you have coming up as well. Okay, we have uh, New Day Corp. Um, It's at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, as New Day Corp. Um, We Mm -hmm. have just this our last event of the year is October 26th, um, where we're having the comedy show where you guys got to hear Mike J. Um, that wasn't even any of his stand-up. That was just him being himself, a goofball. Um, and then we're gonna re- <laughs> and then we're gonna take a break for as far as actual comedy shows, and we're gonna just focus on more um, giving back in the community for November and December. Um, and in the mean, and then while we're doing that, we're gonna kind of reboot. Get, uh, get prepared to reboot in January. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, and, that, and those are our media plans. We're going to reboot the comedy shows, and we're going to start branching out into concerts um, and doing a little bit more um, with with in the entertainment in the entertainment world, just so we can really really get out there and really get the people involved. Cool. That's great. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, make sure you tag us so we can share your events you got coming up. Stacy, we appreciate you. Know we love you here on Let's Chat. And AK, you are welcome back anytime. And Mike, we're gonna need you all in this chat room making us laugh. So we're gonna get you in here in in twenty twenty yeah. so you can make us laugh and tell us about your journey through comedy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but just only give him a couple minutes. He'd, he'd take over your show. You were just really telling the truth. We know. It's okay. <laughs> we so appreciate you. Oh, we appreciate I appreciate you guys, and thank you so much for having me. And, again, thank for all the listeners and all the support that's out there. You are so welcome. very welcome. All right. Thank you, ladies. Y'all have a great night. You too. Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a fun show, Lee. Uh, that, oh, was fun. that was that fun. Was fun. That was special. a good laugh, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I love it. Definitely I love was. it. Yes, we appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room on today's listen. We talk about this all the time. If you are just tuning in, welcome. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, but you cannot press your one, that means you're listening to the replay. Okay? We appreciate you listening. Our replays are popping, y'all. We appreciate Mm y'all so much. Um, It's just awesome. It really is. And if you are just tuning in and you just missed the end of the show, we're about to go home. You late. <laughs> but feel free to listen to our archives here on blogtalk.com. You can listen to them on iTunes as well as iHeartRadio and any actually any podcast app as well. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you guys on next week. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thank you.